Welcome to Out of Hours, the fortnightly podcast featuring frank conversations about personal growth, business, and passions. Recorded over a drink or two, Out of Hours. I'm your host, Mattyson Jones, founder of Story94, a podcast and video production company based in Oxford. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Hancock, founder and creative director of Brand Asylum, a brand communications agency based in Oxfordshire. In this episode, Andrew and I talk about creativity, what it is to be creative, and pose the question, can anyone be creative? We also chatted about the future of creativity and briefly, the value of creativity, a conversation we're keen to revisit in a later episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a comment or review. You can do this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. It'd be great to get your thoughts and feedback on today's episode. Andrew, thank you very much for joining me on the show today. How are you doing? Matt, hi. Great to be here. And uh, yeah, great to be in the podcast studio with you with Out of Hours. Brilliant. Well, I'm excited for our conversation today because we, we kind of first had this conversation back in 2020, I believe, during the pandemic. Uh, we did a conversation on Get Radio about creativity. That's right. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's all coming back. Yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of just wanted to follow on from, from that conversation, really, because I felt it was really interesting. And I felt there were a couple of things that we didn't quite talk about that we hopefully we had the chance to talk about today. Sounds great. Yeah, I will try and answer my best those questions. So I'm going to go in with a, um, a pretty open question. What is creativity? Uh, Matt, that's a big question to kick, <laughs> kick off with. It's <laughs> I, what is creativity? I don't know. Is it something you see? Is it what you wear? Is it how you write? Is it kind of, you know, how you play? Look at Messi, for example. He plays football creativity, creatively. Um, is it how you interpret stuff? I guess it's such a big question. I, I guess it comes down to what you, where it stems from, from yourself. So you can be the most uncreative person in your own mind, but to others you could do something that's really creative. And then commercially, is again, is another question. It's like, how then do you interpret that brief that is driven out that creativity to make it commercial. So I think it's it's what is cre- creativity is is such a big and broad question, um, and I think it, it covers across everything. From you know you look at um, Great Pottery Throwdown, Sewing Bee, Great British Bake Off, and all these different TV programs and programs that are on anywhere. In fact, and it's how people interpret creativity themselves. And I think that's the key thing. It's like your take on it, hmm. and then just having the not there's so much the ability, uh, I guess the understanding and the passion to to be yourself. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think for me, kind of creativity is it's it's almost this undescribable thing. You can't really kind of put a pin in it. You can't say that is creative and that is not. It's whether it's a scale or, or a spectrum. Um, but I think perhaps one of the things that m- maybe does underpin creativity is the whole idea that. You kind of, it makes you feel something. 100%. I think there's a, definitely an emotional connection to creativity. I can remember an art teacher when I was at art college and saying, you know, it doesn't matter what the picture looks like as long as you're happy with it. Mm. And that's creativity. It's not forget what everybody else thinks. It's irrelevant. It's, it's you expressing what you want in your own way, how you want to do it. So I guess there's a part of that in that. Yeah, because it doesn't ever, and things it doesn't have to be a positive emotion at all. No, it can be a negative emotion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, is creativity? Can it make you angry? Can it frustrate you? Is it joyous? Um, I think it can be full of emotions. Maybe go through them all mm. to get your creativity out there and to and to best push it. I mean, I I 
coach little guys rugby. And um, part of the thing is, it's like, you know, when they cross that white line of the pitch, it's, you know, they have to act in a certain way. And to get the best creative out, at times, frustrates some of them. So they get a little bit, see a little bit of the red mist. And actually, but is that red mist just then enhancing the creativity of how they play the next phase of the game, so to speak? So there's lots of different ways that you can deal with and look at creativity, I guess. Yeah. So kind of going on from that then, if if sort of anything can be creative or if it's, it's, it is this indescribable thing that we can't quite explain, can anyone then be creative or is it limited to those few that are good at perhaps music or drawing or art? Can anyone be creative? Is, are we saying here that is creativity nature or nurture? Yeah, that's one way to so does talk it, about it. Does it come naturally or are you taught creativity? What do you think? I think you have naturally creative people. I think your creatives see things slightly differently. They might look at the world slightly differently. They might have a take on the world slightly differently. They might, you know, be slightly out there. They might be slightly introvert. They might be, they might be anything, but there's just something different about them. If you look at all the top creatives that have ever been, there's, there's always been some, something quite extrovert or introvert about them. Um, I'm not saying that you can't, can't be nurtured. I think to get the best out of creativity, it needs to be nurtured. There needs to be some, you know, you can't ever stop learning. There's always new stuff to do. Um, but it's also finding that. It's finding that that button, that release, that, that gives you the creativity. You might go, God, I'm the least creative person in the world, and then sit them in front of a, a pottery wheel with a, a blob of clay, and suddenly they're just making stuff that they never thought they could do. And that just comes. That's That's just in them somewhere. And I think that's what, what's so amazing about creativity. It, it can be anything. It can be anything you want it to be. It's whether you're a gardener who has the most amazing sense of color palette for the flowers when you're planting them aren't in bloom, but you can see it in your head how it's gonna be. It could be, you know, um, a poet writing down words for the first time and everything just flowing. And then when they recite it, it just grabs people's emotions. So I think creativity is, is always there in everyone. It's then how we nurture that creativity out of people, I guess. Yeah, that's a really roundabout way, isn't it? I'm sorry. No, no. I think I think it's interesting because it's 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 almost like thinking about it in a slightly different way. Because I think when people do think about creativity, and maybe this is something from like the schooling system or just kind of the the way that people traditionally used to perceive creativity as, you know art. So it, it could be that the spectrum now is greater for people to um, display their creativity because, you know, you think about going back a hundred years, I wouldn't have been able to do what I do now. I wouldn't be able to create videos. That's how I'm creative. But a hundred years ago, I wouldn't have been able to have done that. So it's almost like there's now more opportunities perhaps for people to be creative and people which themselves think, you know, I'm not a very creative person because I can't draw or I can't write. Perhaps they just haven't found that creative outlet for them yet. They just have to keep keep searching. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. I think it goes back to, you know, are you good at art, you're a creative. I, th yeah. I think now there are so many more ways that you can be creative. And I think the great thing is that what's happened is that technology has aided that. If you look at the rise of TikTok, um, and people posting videos and doing their own creativity. And it crosses everything, you know, from dances to making cakes to, you know, whatever you want. There's now a technology, an opportunity where you can release that 
and, and capture that as you want it to. Um, and I think that it goes back quite a long way, doesn't it? That there's always going to be people who are naturally creative and naturally good at it. But then you've got other people who think, no, I'm not creative, but actually they are. It's just it's, they haven't found that right vehicle yet. Hmm. Or, or, or scared to, or being kind of gone, actually, it's like I've always been told I'm rubbish at this, so they don't do it anymore. Yes. Was actually when they're given the freedom, you know, I, I had an art college, I had the most, this most amazing art teacher, and, and we went in for a lesson, and there was a, a life model sitting in the middle of us, and we all had a black piece of paper with some, um, some white chalk, and he goes, right, just don't pick anything up, just look at this model for 10 minutes. So we stood there looking at this life model sitting in the middle of us all. After 10 minutes, he turned out all the lights. And then after that, he said, right now, pick up your bit of chalk and just draw mm -hmm. what you saw. And it was like 10 minutes, pitch black, trying to draw, always interesting. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, off the page it went and went everyone, don't drop your chalk. That's, a, a, you know, the rule of thumb, difficult to find in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then turn the lights back on. And then everyone kind of looked at the pictures they drew. And it was the most amazing experience because everyone had created the form of the life model they were looking at. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it, it, which proves that actually you're, it's your mind interpreting what that creativity is, that movement, what it needs to be, is what's important. So it's inside, not actually the physical looking at it. Yeah. So it's almost like by removing... The, so let's say w without kind of turning the lights off, you might have been doing your drawing, and then you might have been like, Do you know what, this isn't panning out how I wanted it to. Exactly. And so you kind of scrap it. You, you don't you don't give yourself the chance to push beyond your own criticisms, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and your own not only criticisms, but your own, you know, what we said a minute ago is like, am I good enough? Mm. It's irrelevant because you can't see it, but actually, what you get at the end of it is going, God, that was really good. And something you might see as being really dull and boring or whatever to someone else might be gone, that's the most incredible bit of credit I've ever seen. And that works across the art world, across, you know, songs, doesn't it? I guess bands, music, poetry, theatre, play, the whole of the creative industries. You know, not everybody's going to like a, a kind of, a, a, you know, a piece of chaucer writing or a, a, a play or, a, you know, a, a, a band genre they might find something that they all do like and it's still the same, it's still being creative. Mm. It reminds me of, um, I, can't, I can't quite remember where, I saw it, it was a, it was a video, but I think it, it was first a, an essay or, or a speech by a guy who I think is called Ira Glass and it was called The Gap. And basically what he was talking about how when you're first starting out with something, um, you have this gap and that's the gap between your current abilities and where you want to be. And it's almost like that gap is the frustration because you, you want to cre keep creating different things and you know, whether that is art, music, whatever. Um, but that gap feels like it's never really narrowing because you're always kind of pushing that boundary of like, well, okay, I, I'm, you know, I've been doing this for two years now and I feel like I'm quite competent, but I want to be this good. And so perhaps that's uh, a place where people perhaps quit because they don't give it the time. Yes, 100%. I think it goes back to, doesn't it, I guess, where, as you say, you give it the time, but it's also, it doesn't come straight away. Yeah. You're not going to get the perfect, 
thing straight away. You've got to try and work again and do it better. And, you know, you've got to keep learning. And I think the more you push creativity, the, the more you get back from it. So the more often you do it. I mean, I, I carry a little book. I've got one here in front of me at all. It's like a doodle book. Mm-hmm. And constantly, free time, chatting, I'm doodling away. And they mean nothing, but it's constantly the mind is kind of thinking, you know, and practicing and drawing and picking stuff up. And I can remember my dad, you know, he would go on these walks and as we grew up and he would just go, right, I'm just going to stop here for 10 minutes and do a quick five-minute sketch. And that was a creativity. And it's, I, I think you always, you've always got to start doing it, however big or small it is. There's, yeah, just keep learning. Just keep, and, and, and don't be scared, I guess. Just push yourself. I, I go back to the whole, this whole pottery thing and, you know, you might make something amazing and then you put it in the kiln and it's blown to pieces. <laughs> yeah. But because of the forces of nature that, or you didn't do something quite right or whatever. And that, what looked amazing was, you know, and you kind of go, oh, so, but you'll learn from that. I don't know whether you've seen it. Have you seen Grayson's Art Club? No, I haven't. Great, amazing bit of TV. Um, Grace and Perry started it in um, lockdown. And it was basically just getting people, the general public, to send in their bits of art on a subject. Mm-hmm. And each week you'd do it. And some were amazing. I mean, all were amazing. I don't mean some were amazing. But some were, you know, obviously there were some very talented people out there. But their imagination, their creativity around one subject, the brief, so to speak, was just incredible. And you just almost felt inspired. It's like it's like going into a Tate Modern or the Musée d'Arsay or, you know, an amazing museum or it could be anything. And you go in and you just walk in and you're just inspired by what you see. And I don't mean that in terms of, like, you want to go and copy it. I mean, it's like you get something emotionally out of it. You kind of feel and you go, God, that was really good. I feel really relaxed or I've got – I've learned that. And did you see how, you know – they drew that eye or the bit of shading on there or, you know, that bit of um, engineering to make that. It was, it, it, it's always giving, which is, I guess it goes around creatively. You never stop learning, always looking for, for new ways. Mm. It's interesting. What, what then is, um, it's interesting you mentioned the word copy there because there's a uh, really good series on YouTube called Everything's a Remix. I don't know if you have you seen it by any I'm chance. No, okay, I'm just I'll, I'll send it to you now. afterwards. It's, <laughs> it's fascinating. Um, it's by a guy called Kirby Ferguson, and he's done. He's, he's he, he jokes because he's um, done numerous versions of it. He's updated it um, as kind of time has changed, um, and he says that you need that creativity is the whole idea of copying, transforming, and combining ideas, and that is how basically everything is made. You, know, you can't have creativity in isolation. If someone was never ex- never exposed to anything, they would never be able to come up with a creative idea. What's your take on that? I think he's got a point. I think I think I think the groundbreakers are the the originators, aren't they? The guys who do it, you know, originally and they stand out. And um I've forgotten the name of the guy who designed the Houses of Parliament. Um, but he was beheaded because of he designed the Houses of Parliament. Because they didn't like because it? Because they didn't like it. And now it's one of the most iconic buildings in the world and probably one of the most beautiful buildings in the world. Mm-hmm. And it was almost so original out there at the time that people just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. A little bit like um, Tracy Emin, when she did her, you know, her almost living art, people kind of couldn't get their heads around it. Mm-hmm. And it's just being original. Um, oh, Damien... 
help me out here, Matt. The, Damien. The, uh, Damien Hurst. Damien Hurst, Sorry, yeah. Damien Hurst. You know, when he pickled the sheep. Uh-huh. You know, again, it was like going, oh, he pickled a sheep and called it art? And it's kind of, you know, it's all this kind of, you know, it's new, different stuff that touches emotions, that makes you question things, makes you answer things. Um, so I think there is there is truth in the mat in what your guy said about copying, but I think the, the real kind of the true crazy of the guys who, who do something out there, first of all, mm-hmm. who kind of start that trend, who start that, you know, that movement, so to mm-hmm. speak. Yeah. Um, it was like, you know, Van Gogh, Picasso, all of those guys, they were paupers. You know, they, they lived in almost squalor. They had no money to rub together, but now they're painting self a millions and millions of pounds. Yeah. I think, do you know what, actually, there's definitely a conversation we could have perhaps not today, but on a later podcast about the value of creativity. Yeah. Because I think that would be fascinating to talk about value in terms of, um, from like a, from like your point of view as a, as a branding agency and the value provided for business, but also the value that art has because the art world is slightly crazy, um, especially with NFTs at the moment. Though that bubble seems to have burst actually. Yeah. But I do think that would be a really interesting conversation. Yeah. And, and I think it's... Um... What just got sold the other week, was it? Um, Andy Warhol's, um, it's on the tip of my tongue, it'll come back to me, but it hold, sold for like, you know, £191 million. Pounds. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe, sorry. Yeah. Image of Marilyn Monroe. And you think, that's just incredible. It's, it's very interesting. And this is, this is actually a slight tangent from this conversation, but I do think it's relevant because I think the value of creativity is something that is very difficult to define because Andy and Andy Warhol is an interesting one because he so he paints by creating the prints right and then he did something really interesting I can't remember the name of the female artist I wish I could but he sold his stencils to this female artist or just gave them to her a friend she then basically created uh, copies of original Andy Warhol pieces of work and sold them. She didn't sell them for half as much, but the art is exactly the same because it's made from the same stencil. So why are Andy Warhol's worth so much more when it's the exact same thing? I, uh, it, that's an easy one to answer. It just hasn't got his name on the bottom. Okay. <laughs> so you're actually buying the Andy Warhol, yep. not the picture, if that makes sense. Yes. And I think that's where NFTs come in. So then here's another one. So let's say... You bought the Andy Warhol. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not selling it. <laughs> okay. You, you then created, uh, you then also had the stencil and you then made um, 19 versions of this. Okay. You then decided to sell all of them, but you mixed it up so that you didn't know and no one else knew which one was the Andy Warhol. Okay. How much do you think you could then sell those all for? Because you have the chance of owning Andy Warhol. I, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because as a, as a buyer, and you knew that was going on, you would buy all 19, wouldn't you? Just so you've got the one Andy Warhol in there. Yeah, true. You've got the original. Because you, that's the one that's really got the value associated with it. Um, who's the... Um, Banksy did that. Did you hear about this? And is this Banksy where- in New York, when he, he did a... He put some original Banksy's of his own yeah, yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah into a, a flea market in New York. Yes, I remember that. And then people would buy them for like five bucks or yeah, something. because they just think they're prints. And think they're prints. Yeah. And then he'd then get hold of them and say, this is actually an original, suddenly they're worth 
couple of hundred thousand pounds or whatever it was. Yeah. But I think his point exactly was that. It's just like the value of art, isn't it? It's like just because it's an original suddenly escalates the value completely, but it should be about the emotional worth of you having that picture hanging or being used where you want it. Yeah. If that makes sense. That's the value in the creativity, not the monetary value. Yes. So so maybe it's more about the legacy, perhaps. So we've kind of gone around the conversation about what is creativity. And we've spoken about, can anyone be creative? Um, And we kind of had a lengthy discussion about that. But now I want to ask you the question of, is there such thing as a bad creative idea? I personally don't think there is such a thing as a bad creative idea. I think there's, it's all what you do with that idea or how that idea kind of, you know, works or manifests itself is what's key. Um, in the, in the you know, the, the industry that I'm in, it's anyone can have an idea. You mm-hmm. don't have to be a creative. It could be a, a director, it could be an account handler, it could be anyone. It doesn't have to be a creative person. Um, it's then how the idea is nurtured and made to then make workable. But I don't think anyone should ever say at any point, that's a really bad idea. There might be ideas that don't work very well. Um, and you might see some designs that go, how on earth was that ever designed? Or how did that happen? Or, you know, whatever. But I don't think you can have a, a, a creative, a bad creative idea. Um, it's really, it's like, you know, what does that creative work? Does it, if it's for you personally, then you can do what you like. Yeah. It's, you know, it, nothing's going to be bad. It's just going to be bad in your own head if it's bad, isn't it? Um, if it's commercially, then I think it's a different matter in terms of does it do the job it's asked? Is it, is it, is it are you answering the brief? Um, or, you know, it, it, are you trying, trying too hard? Lots of ideas, they just try too hard. And really what you're trying to do is simplify down a, a, a difficult question to its simplest form to then make it work. If you, if you look at, um, you know, the, 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 the Keith Haring and people like that, who's, you know, a, an illustrator stroke artist, and he was in the, the 80s, I believe, and nowadays you see his artworks everywhere. I think, God, that was brilliant. That was before its time. Mm. The idea doesn't mean it was it was bad. It was just, it was spot on, but no one just quite got it, if that makes sense, at the time. And people now go, God, I've just seen that. I've just, I, right, okay. They were almost like they've, they were before their time. They're thinking ahead of us, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Everyone else is kind of playing catch up when you see stuff. It's like, you know, David Hockney does stuff. That you just go, wow, how did that do it? Philippe Stark, you know, does stuff with the the, the iconic lemon squeezer. Um, and you think that looks like a rocket ship, you know, what's it doing? And you go, actually, it's just a, you know, a lemon squeeze because it's before it's time. I think a lot of creatives and ideas just think that's really wacky, but they're almost pushing the boundaries all the time. They want to push those envelopes. Yeah, I guess it's it kind of like we were talking about at the very start about the design of the Houses of Parliament mm. and how it was it was very forward thinking and it's almost as if uh, society and everyone's perception of something didn't marry up with the vision that the creative had. And so that's why it was viewed as bad, but bad is ultimately subjective. Um, 
it's 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 reminds me it's funny it's um when i think about that i think about like the way in which hollywood is going with movies and how everything is you know pretty much uh, a reboot a sequel a prequel um or like a spin-off and it's because almost like society wants more of the same but just slightly different so when you then have people coming in and doing things that are very original and very different it's almost like people don't really know how to react to that and usually then that might result in you know society then you know not liking it or public opinion of it being not positive it's it's i i 100% agree I, it's you have to be brave don't you and you have to i think i, I guess with movies it's a, different because they've got to look at commercially and whether people go and see it in the end. So they're looking at that bottom line, but yeah, they're definitely, they're definitely, um, there's external factors at play beyond just doing something that's creative. Yeah. But I think it's, if you're looking at creatives, I think that they're just trying to push boundaries. They're just, you know, when Banksy first came into the, you know, the scene, he was like this graffiti artist and graffiti artists were like frowned upon and just like, you know, why are people, you know, drawing my, my walls and spray painting bridges and, you know, doing all this stuff. And then now he's this obviously multi-million pound artist that no one knows who he is, but we all do. Um, do we? Yeah. Oh, who? Yeah, I can't tell you that. I'll have to kill you. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought I had an inside yeah. scoop. <laughs> I'll tell you after the show. Okay. I'll tell you after the show. Um, but it's almost, I, I think the... Yeah, I think the, we're just trying to push boundaries with everything that creatives try and do is just do something different. I don't know whether that's because they want to be original or whether it's in their psyche just go, actually, let's look at things a bit differently. And I think creatives do look at things a bit differently. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, one of my favourite movies that came out in the past decade is Swiss Army Man, um, which is directed by two guys called The Daniels. Yeah. And um, when it first premiered, I think at Sundance or Cannes or something, uh, one of those festivals, I think half the people walked out because they were like, this is this is terrible. This is such a bad film. Um, without going too much into it, Daniel Radcliffe is in it and he plays a corpse. And you have Paul Dano, who um, is uh, like stranded on an island and he basically uses Daniel Radcliffe's body to do, or Daniel Radcliffe's corpse to do various different things and survive. And it's a wacky, wonderful film. Um, and yeah, lots of people are like, "This, what is this? This is ridiculous. This is terrible. We can't believe this was ever made. Uh, and then some people actually loved it, and I'm one of them. And they've now just made their second um, film, The Daniels, called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And it's been critically acclaimed. People love it. Yeah. And it's almost like they needed that first film to push the boundaries to then make people accept their later works um they did loads of music videos before doing feature films and those all actually had relative um uh, people liked them a lot but yeah it's it's almost like the the creatives that do push the boundaries at first get a lot of kind of push back from everyone else i i, I think you're right I, I think it's the um it's the creatives who had that vision isn't it they have the the belief and the vision to, to do something different and they're not going to be put into a box by anyone. And rightly or wrongly, they go, you know, and this is a sweeping generalisation. It's like, we're creative, you know, but it's it's more than that. I think they they know and they know what they want it to see, be like, feel like at the end product. That's their clever bit. That's where they get their, you know, it's having that ability to see the future that they do. 
and I think, you know, with you and the Daniels brothers, it's like, you know, going, they obviously knew where they wanted to get to. And then now they're critically acclaimed, which sounds amazing. Mm. And I think a lot of, you know, creatives like that, they're always pushing, some are doing it by shock, some are doing it in other ways, but they're just trying to release and show how their creativity can be shared, grown, experienced. Um, I think across the board, and I think people need to, you know, look at creativity and go, you might not like it, but that might be the point that you don't like it. You know, you, you see films that actually test your your whole sense of being. You know, some are really quite uncomfortable. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. You know, it's it's not just by luck. It's actually being creatively thought through mm-hmm. to, to test you. And you look at other films, you know, like... Um, you know, Blade Runner and, and things like that, like epics, and and you go, actually, it's, you know, these are these are timeless wonders, of 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 cinematography, and you look at creativity in a different way. Yeah, it's it's interesting going coming to um, you mentioned Star Wars when you were talking about the Lego, so we had the original trilogy, and then we had the prequels, and now yeah. we've got the sequels, and yeah. now we've got the spin-offs and TV shows, and and I know I was saying how um, it's funny how basically in Hollywood everything is now sequels, prequels, reboots, spin-offs, um. But I love Star Wars. I think it's great. And it's 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 fascinating how when the prequels first came out, the first film especially was, you know, people didn't really like it. That was a general consensus. And and same with the the two subsequent prequels. Compared to the original trilogy, they did they just weren't good films. And then we had that long, kind of decade long break, and then we had the the sequel films. And I feel like people now with the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series that's coming out later this month, people are revisiting the prequels and suddenly people like them more. And it's like, well, what, what is that? It literally hasn't changed. I mean, I changed a little bit because George Lucas does tamper with his, film, uh, with his films a little bit, but it, the films haven't really changed at all. So why is it that you can dislike something at one point, but a decade later, suddenly is something that, that you love. Is that just nostalgia or is it something more than that? I, I'm also a big Star Wars fan. Um, You're going to say you still don't like the prequels. I know, no, <laughs> I know, I, I do. Um, but I'm more with you on the new stuff that's coming out with, you know, Obi-Wan and um, Bubba Fett and all the rest of it that's just been out. But I I think there is a lot of nostalgia. I think it's 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 coming round and... You know the, the the younger generation are picking up the new stuff hmm. and buying to that, and then realizing how great the old stuff is because the stories are same, the cinematography is better, the the CGI and all the rest of it is much better, but still, it's the fundamental stories are the same. It's a bit like I've got a thirteen year old son, and he's just getting into James Bond, and he just loves the whole James Bond thing, and you kind of go, but some of those James Bond films are really bad. You know, when you watch them, they're really bad. The later ones are, you know, obviously much better. Um, Moonraker to be one that ain't so good. But it's, uh, I think it's, again, it's just, it's like buying into that character, that, that the whole, the whole emotional journey that you have with it. And I think you just, you go, I, I, I can remember going to uh, the premiere of one of the, the prequels, one of the bad ones, and the second time round, and, we walked into the to the premiere and it was everyone was buzzing. There's a lot of chit chat going on, and then Darth Vader walked into the cinema, full on Darth Vader, and he walked straight down, sat in, right in the middle of the cinema, 
all obviously Darth Vader'd up, the cinema went quiet. Not another word was said until the very end. And no one moved until Darth Vader got up and walked out. <laughs> That's the power of dressing up, I guess. But to this day, I don't know whether it was a, a marketing ploy by, you know, Lucasfilms to, you know, because it was a premiere or whether it was just one of those super fans. Yeah. Maybe this comes back to that conversation we were having then about like the value of creative work. Because we were talking about the the actual, like a, a physical thing. What if an I what if what if it's actually the creative idea that's what's valuable? Yeah, it's cyclical, isn't it? It's like everything is cyclical. I think it comes back into fashion. There's still, you know, there's I I love pop art, and I always have loved pop art. It's been my, my passion. Um, and you kind of you see stuff, and every time you see, it, you just get a little emotional feeling by it, and you can see, you know, hues of that that things just come into everyday life now that you know relate back to it, and I think that's what creativity gives you it's like if you like something you're passionate about something and everyone everyone has their their passions their quirkisms what they love and it's all about creativity and you just got to be able to free to be able to do that and understand it and not be scared of it and actually go actually i really do like that i really love how they've you know they've done the cladding on that building or they you know design the shape of the back of that car and for others it might be pig ugly but if you've got a rationale for yourself then you go actually yeah i, I get it I guess that's what that creativity is all about, isn't it? It's, 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 it doesn't have to please anybody else but yourself, I guess. Mm. So yeah. whether you like Star Wars or not, or the prequels, sequels, or whatever it is now they're doing, it's what someone else thinks is almost irrelevant as long as you like it. Yeah. And I think it's very easy to be swayed by public, especially nowadays with all the social media and all the PR and, you know, kind of led down these paths, aren't you? And you go, actually, I just, I want to be able to like stuff because I like it, not because I'm told to like it or it's, there's millions of pounds being thrown at it to say it's great. Mm -hmm. It could be rubbish, but actually there's some stuff I really like and I really don't like. Yeah, you don't have to define it. You don't have to rationalise it. If you like something, then... That's good enough. You that's like that's yeah, fine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned that creativity can be cyclical, and we've spoken about nostalgia and looking back at the past. Well, what if we now look kind of towards the future? Like, what do you think the future of creativity looks like? It's going to change for sure because everything does and everything needs to. And I think that's what I think. The great thing about creativity is that it is the vehicle to make those first changes, and sometimes you won't even notice it's happening and it's being done. Um, if you look at when mobile phones first came out, for example, and Apple bought out their phones and their boxes, mm -hmm. and they were designed to be opened slowly, to build that excitement, to, you know, to get that anticipation. That's great creativity, because that's suddenly its emotional connection with a product with, you know, why won't this bloody phone come out, you know, but it was all designed to do that. Um, I think now there's a lot more tech involved. I think there's, a lot, you know, there's AI, there's VR, there's the you know, NFTs, the metaverse, I think is coming on more and more people are getting involved in that. Um, and there's art, I think there's artwork selling now in the metaverse for stupid amounts of money. Mm. And no one's ever going to see them physically. Um, and I, I think it's almost, where does it stop? And I guess that's the nice thing with creativity is like, it, it shouldn't have to. It should be always keep on, you know, pushing those boundaries, going what... What can we do? Don't don't let technology hinder us. Don't let you know the physicality hinder us. Don't let materials hinder us. It, it, 
we, it should always be evolving. And I think with, you know, platforms such as TikTok and, and YouTube and things like that at the moment, it's an amazing place where you can go and express that creativity. And then for other people, like-minded or not, to be able to come back and go, love that, what on earth are you doing type thing. Mm. So I think there's a, uh, I think the, view, the future's really bright. I just hope people just don't go, right, it can only go in one direction. Yeah. And actually everywhere it needs to, you know, just just move move forward. I think that's the, the whole thing is that it's all about taking it a step further. And then, but there might be trends. It's like, you know, at the moment it might be NFTs are just trendy. Yeah. You know, and that just might be a phase. It, it might be that something else comes in that then becomes this trend. But the, it goes back to this whole thing about, where does it want to stop? And I guess it can't stop, can it? I can't, if we're constantly evolving, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change with us. Yeah, I think it's almost similar to what we're talking about at the very, very, very start of this conversation of there's now more opportunities for people to be creative. There's more opportunities um, and more places for people to share that creativity with the world and get feedback and refine and try again. So it's just the future's like almost like this democratization of creativity because you know the cameras that i shoot on and, and youtube and that kind of stuff like this that type of kit to create that quality of image would have cost tens of thousands you know two three decades ago uh, but now you can shoot you know uh, you literally can shoot a feature film on your phone yeah. people have done it yeah yeah so it's more accessible than ever which as as you quietly say should it is a a wonderful place to be. But I, I and also I think, I, I guess it's, you, we don't, you don't want to hinder people. It goes back to what you mentioned, Matt, was at the start, was like, you know, being told, oh, you're not very good at that. Yeah. When you're doing creative stuff. I, I think that's really wrong. And I think people should be going, actually, if you're creative, go and be free, go and be creative, go and indulge that passion, go and try loads of different things. It's because, then you'll just you'll find yourself. You'll become more you, if that makes sense. And if you're put in this kind of this box, going well, you know, you can't draw, a, you know, a person who looks like a real person. It doesn't matter. It's what you do with that creativity, and afterwards, it's 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 giving them the freedom to to do it and try new ideas and not be afraid of it. Yeah, because I suppose the the argument, um, the 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 reverse, the other side of the coin, the bad thing about being able to to share your creativity now with the world is that whilst you're open to positive feedback you're also open to negative feedback and it might be that that one comment could stop the next picasso from actually pursuing you know their career in in the creative arts because people will try and knock you down it's just inevitable if you are putting creative work out there, people will criticize you. You have to have like a, an unwavering, you know, belief in yourself and in your craft. And that can be quite challenging to to maintain, especially when you do see comments or, or people kind of criticizing your work. Yeah. And also I think it's, it's, it's that mental state as well, isn't it? It's like, you know, if you are criticized, then do you stop or do you carry on? Yeah, you can use it to fuel. To, to fuel, yeah. to, you know, and you go, actually, I'm going to make it better and better and better. And yeah. you find, you know, the great people, they've carried on whatever. 
because mm. they've got this belief or this this notion that what they're doing is is right and where they want to be. But also, I think a lot of people who are creatives don't really care about anybody else or what they think. It's like they're doing it for themselves quite a lot of the time. They want to put the best they can out, you know, in, in a personal way, unless you're doing it as a business, which is slightly different. But, you know, it, it's they don't want to go and sell, you know, I don't think Monet painted his pictures to go and sell them for millions of pounds. Mm-hmm. I don't think Picasso painted the way he did because he wanted to sell them. I don't think Banksy ever wanted to go and sell, you know, his his um, his graffiti and his prints for hundreds of millions of pounds. I, I, I think that's a byproduct of what's happened. I think they do it because of the love of it. Yes, I think that then is a different conversation about yeah why why are you doing what it is you're doing? Because you're right, if you're doing something creative for a commercial reason. Um, that's very different if you're doing something creative just to, you know, release yeah. um, and kind of unwind. Yeah. And that and that might be from, you know, writing some poetry. It might be picking up a pencil. It might be doing flower arranging. It might be, you know, baking cupcakes. I, it, there's, I think it's really easy just to pigeonhole creativity into one aspect one arena but I think there's such a broad area of creativity that you know you can delve into and look at and go actually I can be creative across lots of things not just art as such Mm. yeah and I totally agree Andrew thank you for joining me today it's been a fascinating conversation Um, I I, I know we did a slight tangent there talking about the value of creativity (laughs) but I do want to come back and have a conversation about that because I do think that will be really interesting yeah, no, definitely. I agree. That was that was fantastic. Thank you. Wonderful. So if people want to find out more about you or get in touch with you, how's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, best thing is to uh, have a look on LinkedIn. Uh, we're Brand Asylum, we're Brand Communications Agency. And yeah, that's probably it, really, I think. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, Andrew, thank you again. Matt, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Out of Hours. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a comment or review. You can do this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or CastBox. It'd be great to get your thoughts and feedback on today's episode. Thank you, and I'll see you in the next one.